time. But if you have your Bibles, open them up to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. We actually made it all the way through chapter 1 last week, but I felt a little rushed last week. So the cool thing about being the pastor is I can slow down. So the last two verses, I want to spend a little bit more time on those, those verses. A lot going on. I think it's important that we understand what he's saying. So open up your Bibles. It's hard. Second Thessalonians, such a small letter. It's hard to find. Never feel condemnation if you're flipping through the pages. We've all been there. Eventually you'll get there. It's after First Thessalonians. That's a good hint. But if you've made it to the book of Revelation, you've gone too far. So go back a couple. Everybody there? Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm excited about this word today. Uh, it is actually so in line with what Catherine uh, shared at the end of worship. And uh, I thank you that you're communicating this in multiple ways to us today. Uh, you are doing your part. Uh, I pray that we would play our part, as uh, Pastor Wayne just talked about, that we would step forward and, uh, and just grasp this, uh, grasp what you're trying to speak to us by your word and by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, here's Paul. He, he's, he's talking. He says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. Um, with this in mind, uh, you'll have to listen or watch the other services uh, or other uh, Sundays to know what is going on there. But he says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope you picked up on that. It's a prayer. Right? It's a prayer that Paul is praying for these believers, the believers who have been having a pretty hard time, believers who have been persecuted, persecuted, uh, enduring a lot of suffering, hardships. And, and here's this prayer for them. I, I would think that if Paul was here today and he was praying, he would pray the same thing for us as well. And so I, I kind of broke it down into four themes. And here are those themes from, from that verse. And again, it's Paul praying to God. And the first thing that he prays is that God may make you worthy of his calling. Um, second one, by his power, not Paul's power, by the way, but by God's power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. I'll explain what that means. Uh, by his power, again, God's power, that he may bring to fruition your every deed prompted by faith. And then he prays all of that. What does it say? So that the name of Jesus may be glorified in you and you glorified in him all according to the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to spend time on each one of these things today because I think understanding these verses is pretty darn important to understanding the Christian life, to living the life we've been called to. Hopefully it might even answer some of the questions you might have about life. You ever have questions about life, right? What is this all about? What's the point? What's the purpose? You know, why am I here? You don't have to answer that out loud because the reality is if you're human, if you're breathing, you have asked those questions before. All of us have asked those questions. And I'm realizing one of my jobs as a pastor, as a, as a preacher, is to receive the Word. I, I realize that. I'm, I'm studying the Word. I'm diving into the Word. I'm, I'm mining what it says, looking at Scripture. But then the real task is to try to effectively communicate the Word in a way that isn't too confusing, but also isn't uh, condemning. But I also pray that it's challenging, right? I, I pray that it's transformative, that as I'm communicating the Word, that none of us would uh, stay the same. What, what a pointless exercise that would be, right? If we heard the Word of God and, and, and all of us stayed the same. We, we want to be changed by His Word. I think one of the great things about the Holy Spirit is even if I completely bomb on the, the message and the service, uh, the Holy Spirit's still really good at His job. He can still change lives, transform you. Uh, even bad preachers God can radically use in mighty ways. Amen? Amen. Well, don't say that too loud. I mean... <laughs> I was just joking. But honestly, I, I do want to be effective in my communication. I talked about this first service. Uh, I just spent 12 weeks of my life, three months in the spring, teaching uh, students, uh, people in class, on how to be effective in this type of communication. I mean, it matters to me. It's important to me. Uh, this topic, uh, what we're talking about today, it matters to me. It's important to me. And I actually want you guys to receive what the Word is trying to say. 
And not that we'll have everything answered today, but I, I would pray that by the time we leave here today, um, my hope is that there would be some baseline, some kind of foundation uh, for what we believe in regards to what is it all about, why are we here, what's the meaning, what's the purpose, all those types of questions. So I've put a lot of work into uh, sharing the word with you. I hope you put in some work today. I love what Pastor Wayne said. I hope you put some work in today to receive the word. And then uh, let it all be done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Ready? Ready? Okay. Number one, he says, he asked that God may make you worthy of his calling. I love the message paraphrase. Eugene Peterson, he says, because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead. So again, the context here is that Jesus is returning. And since we know this day of Jesus' return is just ahead, uh, we pray for you all the time. Pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. I love the way that Peterson writes that. He's praying that God would make you fit for what he has called you to be. Now, I love this because that means that God actually has a calling on your life. You ever think about that? It's kind of cool, isn't it? Kind of special that he actually has a calling on your life. That means he was intentional when he made you. He had thought behind him creating you and bringing you into existence. He, he thought about what and who he had called you to be as a creation, but he'd also thought about who he created you to be as a spouse, as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, as an employer, as an employee, as a human being. He, with purpose, with intentionality, he formed you, he fashioned you, he made you. And Paul's praying that you and I would be worthy of it, right? That God, by his divine power, he would make us fit for what he's called us to be and called us to do. Amen, right? Amen. God, would you make us fit? I was reading that this week, and I was like, that's such a good prayer. Like, God, would you do something, do that work in us, to, to make us ready, to make us fit, to, to be resourced and truly trained up to do what you've called us to do. Um, God, help us, right? That would be a good prayer to pray. Just, God, help me, grow me, teach me, challenge me, change me, right? Do a work in me so that I can accomplish what you've made me to do. Give me a life that is worthy of your calling. Reminds me of the book of Ephesians. Who, who wrote the book of Ephesians? Anyone know? Paul, yeah. Who wrote the book of Thess Second Thessalonians? Yeah, uh, you guys are two for two. So this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, again, another letter by Paul, he, he says, I urge you, this is very similar, different, a little different, but listen to what he says about this calling. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And then he goes on, he, he explains it. He says, be completely humble, be gentle, be patient, bear with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So he says, yeah, live lives worthy of the calling that you've received. But then he gives specific examples of what that calling looks like. Right? You want to live the life that God has called you to live? Be humble. You want to live the life God has called you to live? Be gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Every effort. Through the bond of peace. Life spring. 11.17 on a Sunday morning. You want to live the life worthy of his calling. If you want to live a life of purpose and destiny. Here's your road map. Here's your road map. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. 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 Bear with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. That's your road map. You ever think maybe you're pulling out a different map? But there's your road map. I hope you notice that that verse and all those things, it, it looks a whole lot like somebody that we know, right? Who, who does that look like? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. By the way, Jesus is always the right answer if you ever are confused, especially at Life Spring, right? Jesus is the answer. If you want to live a life worthy of your calling, you're going to need Jesus. You're going to need the help of Jesus so that you can become more like Jesus. 
Now, I think we also all know what it feels like or looks like when you're not living a life worthy of His calling. Now, there's grace and praise the Lord for His grace, but come on, we all know when we're living for less than what God has called us to. And you don't have to show your hand on that one. You don't have to give an amen or anything, but I was just thinking about my own life. Have you ever won an argument with your spouse? And yet, as you look at the defeat in their eyes, you know that you acted and behaved in a way that was far less than what God has called you to. You know what I'm talking about? Or take it out of a marriage, just take it in any context, any kind of discussion. Maybe, you know, now it's so weird we can be talk so much on social media, but I'm talking about like face-to-face discussions. But have you ever proved your point on how right you are? You know, I told you this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I couldn't trust you, blah, 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 blah. That you were just being so awesome and so perfect that the whole time you realize, or you didn't realize you were deflating the person next to you. But then all of a sudden you see it. You're like, oh, man, I was out of line. Right? Have you ever done something to another person where you knew that what you had just done had fallen so short of the calling that God has for your life? I'll never forget, I was a kid, a sixth grader, I was at uh, Terminal Park Elementary School, and there's this kid that just kept on bugging me, just kept on bugging me, kept on bugging me, following me, following me, following me, picking, 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 picking. You know what's about to happen. Uh, turned around and just, right? Just got him right in the stomach. And that poor kid just went down up against the wall. You know that covering where you shoot hoops? You know that wall? It was the outside of that wall. It's it in my brain. And he just slides down, holding his stomach, crying. It's weird, the world that we live in these days, the world actually finds some glory in that, I've noticed. Social media, man, I keep on seeing these videos, highlighting of these videos where one person beats up another person. It's usually in high school, like some high school kids beat up another high school. All the other kids are like, oh man, like, that's awesome. How cool is that? That is like just this glorifying of violence. The video games you play, glorifying of violence. But in the real world, as a Christian... With the Holy Spirit living inside of me, at that moment, as a sixth grader church, I knew that I had settled for less than what God had made me for. As a sixth grader, I knew that. No one had to tell me that. Well, why did I know it? Because the Holy Spirit was inside of me. Right? God was in me. God was doing a good work in me. Praise the Lord. And God continues to do a good work in, to, in me to this day. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, who is reminding all of us of the greatness, right, of what he's called us to. And he convicts us when we fall short. Anyone else thankful for the Holy Spirit's work in your life? Aren't you thankful that you don't need a spouse or a pastor or some spiritual guru on TV to tell you how to live a life worthy of your calling? Now, sometimes, I mean, sometimes I need a little help, right? Sometimes I need someone to kind of shake me a little bit. But come on, like, honestly, you don't. As a Christian, have you noticed that the Holy Spirit is really good at his job? Like, he's perfect at his job. So he leads us. He leads, like, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't say that. You should say that. Like, he's just brilliant. I'm not always brilliant at following him, but he is brilliant at leading he is brilliant, and He's good at keeping you on the path that He's called you to live. So when you're flipping through your phone, right, and you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at, or you're listening to your headphones, and you're listening to something you shouldn't be listening to, no one needs to be there like, probably shouldn't be doing that. Right? You don't need that. As a Christian, right, you know what I'm talking about. We just don't. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit. And He's not like, Shouldn't be doing that. No, what is he doing? He goes, I got greater things for you. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He's always calling us higher. Have you noticed that? He's calling us to greater things. I got so much better for you. I got so much better for you, Dan. I got so much better for you. Just greater things. He's calling us to greater purpose, destiny in our lives. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? If you have the Spirit of God in you, you'd say yes. Right? Right? It's just not even about you, right? It's not even about how good or bad are you are. It's just you have the Spirit of God within you, calling you to the greater purposes of His kingdom. That's who you are in Christ. So here He is. He's praying this, you know, for the Thessalonians. I love the prayer. Beautiful prayer. Lead them into their calling. 
right? Lead them into God's destiny over their life instead of settling for second best. I know as your pastor, that's what I pray for you too. Because I don't know your, you know, what you're doing, but there's probably a couple of things you're doing that aren't God's best for you. But ultimately, I, I don't like even being the morality police. You know, like, well, don't do that. And you should do that. Like, that is not why I signed up for this gig. But I am praying for you that the Holy Spirit would speak to you, that the Holy Spirit would lead you. And again, I'm quite confident in his ability to do that. He's really good at leading. Now, we're not as good at times at following, but he is very good at leading. Now, I do think, you know, as we surrender, as we yield, hopefully we do grow in trusting him but also obeying him. If you remember last week, if you are here last week, some of you were, some of you weren't, but we had two different groups of people. We talked about them last week, if you remember. And there was two very different outcomes for their lives. This is scripture. This isn't me saying it. I'm not making this up. This is the word of God. There is one group who knows God. And we saw where that leads them into everlasting relationship with the Father. But then we also see another group who does not know God, who disobeys the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we saw where that leads them into eternal separation from their Father. Now, as believers, as people who believe in the Bible, believe uh, in the Holy Spirit, we know, Jesus tells us this in John sixteen thirteen that the Spirit is leading us. And the Spirit leads us into all truth. Everyone say, all truth. Absolutely. And that's what I pray for, for you. That He would lead you into all truth. He'd lead you into His divine calling for your life. But you have a choice to make. You can follow where He's leading You can be sensitive to his teaching, sensitive to his correction, his rebuke, his guidance. Or you can turn a deaf ear to his voice. But I hope you are listening to him. I hope you are obeying him. By the way, when he speaks to you as a believer, I'll say it again. He does not speak to condemn you. Even his correction, his rebuke, his greatest challenge in your life is not to condemn you. Why would he speak to you such a correction? Why would he be so just, just violent in the word to say, listen up, child of God. What is he doing? It's out of his great love for you that he corrects you and he convicts you. Why? He says, I am calling you out of darkness into marvelous light. I'm calling you out of this just junk into who I have made you to be. Hallelujah. So the question I have for you guys. People that I know want to walk in this fullness and abundance in Christ. Are you open to the work of God in your life? Are you open to what he might want to do in your life so that you can live out the calling he has for you? I I hope you are. Because church, God God will make you worthy of his calling. I believe that for you. Amen? Amen. Number two, by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. The way that Paul's talking here, it's like, could you just please speak a little simpler? Like both number two and number three, it's like, what is he even saying? So hopefully I can help us a little bit with that. Um, We just get so Christianese and we read it. We're like, oh, that is so good. But sometimes we don't really know what he's saying. So uh, I'm going to try to help you there. So he says, again, I'm praying. That by his power, not Paul's power, but whose power? God's power. That he might bring, who might bring? God might bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. The message, again, the translation, I love what he says. He goes, he will fill your good ideas with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. Isn't that good? I just love that. He'll fill your good ideas with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. Well, my good ideas? What are you talking about my ideas? And being good? I want to get here just for a second. Scripture tells us we're now under a new covenant. The uh, new covenant is under what? Under the blood of who? Jesus, right? Christ. Yeah, the new covenant of his blood. In that covenant, there's a couple of, a few things that we have, uh, multiple things. One of them being the forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord for that. Another thing that we have in the new covenant is we have a new spirit and we have a new heart. There's this replacement of the old, unbelieving, rebellious heart with this new heart of faith and obedience. The heart of stone replaced with the heart of flesh. Or I even think about Jeremiah 31, right? The old is gone. The new has come. There's a new thing, a new heart. With the new heart, you're no longer hostile to God. 
Now, the Bible says you used to be, right? You were an enemy of Christ. But now in Christ, the Bible says you have peace with God. Have you read that one? You have peace with God. You are now at peace with God. So in this peace-filled relationship with God as a new creation, guess what? You actually desire to do good things, the good things of the kingdom of God. I know a lot of Christians who do not believe that. They still believe our hearts are wicked, but you don't believe in the promise of what Jesus did on that cross. He replaced the old heart of stone with a heart of flesh. You have a new heart in Christ. Yes, do you still indulge in the flesh from time to time? Do you still sin from time to time? Absolutely. But you are a new creation. Is it true or not? We live this weird, what is that, duplicitous, where you... Kind of believe, but you also believe. Do you believe it or not? Are we new in Christ? Absolutely we are. And in Christ, we now, this, I just love it. We now have this desire to do good. It is a part of your calling. We're so afraid to talk about good works because we know that you are not saved by good works, are you, right? What are we saved by? Grace through faith. But a part of your calling is that God actually has things for you to do. It's like those are curse words, like we can't say that in church. But it's okay to say that God has a calling on your life, things that he has for you to do. Do you believe that, church? And part of that, do you remember how you you, you kind of were trying to figure out this whole God thing or this whole existence thing, and then you accepted Jesus, and do you remember when Jesus came into your life where all of a sudden it was like you had new eyes and new ears and just like a new thing, and you were ready to do stuff for the kingdom of God. Do you remember what that was like? In fact, we had an older gentleman here and he said, I gave my life to the Lord 40 years ago. He goes, and that, when, he goes, when I gave my life to the Lord, he goes, 40 years ago, he goes, I just wanted to tell everyone about Jesus. Like, he goes, if you have a broken arm, I just wanted to touch it and say, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you remember what that was like? The excitement of when you came to Christ, the good things you wanted to do. I was a youth pastor here for a while. And when I was a youth guy, I remember one of the kids, he just he had this radical encounter with the Lord. And he tells me like two, three weeks later, and he, he goes, you know what, Pastor Dan, before when we go in the car and we'd be driving by someone, he goes, I just made fun of that person. I didn't have any compassion. But now with Christ, like when I see them, I'm just filled with compassion for that person. Like, I want to help them. Church, do you remember what that was like? It was awesome. The good things that you wanted to do for the kingdom of God. But then this is powerful because Paul is praying And he would pray for us today. Paul is praying that it would be by God's power that you do those good things. That you would rely on his power to do the good things. Because have you ever had a desire for goodness that came from the Lord? Like serving in church or helping someone in need. But then you tried to accomplish it by your own power. Do you remember how that went? I mean, it goes down and it goes down fast, right? Just your attitude, bitterness, oh, well, they're doing that, no one knows what I'm doing. It's just like you start doing those good things out of your own power, like you're toxic, right? No one even wants to be around you because you're at the bitterness that begins to grow within you. And I just think, like, the thing about the Lord, He gives you that dream, He gives you that vision, He gives you something that's supernaturally inspired. But then instead of depending on the Lord... For the ability or the power to do the good thing, we try to do it on our own, in our own strength. I remember there was times with my albums, and I love the albums that I've recorded. I love the songs that I've written for those albums. But and there were things I knew the Lord had called me to do, and I believe they are good as far as for the kingdom and good for the advancement of the kingdom. But I remember there would be times on each one where I just kind of, I just panic. You ever have that moment where you're just kind of doing something for the Lord and then you just freak out? Like a a fear would rise up or an anxiety would rise up. And then all of a sudden I just like, I try to force a melody or I try to just make up a lyric, right? And, And every time, every time I tried to do it by my own power, I could tell. Every time. I could just tell when I wasn't doing it by the power of God. In fact, there's a song. I'm never sharing it with you, but there's a song. Uh, I I wrote the song. I paid for it. I mean, this is not a cheap thing. Uh, I I brought in the musicians to play on it. I I did the whole whole song, and you are never going to hear that thing because I didn't put it on my album because I knew it was so much more about what I was trying to do than what God was trying to do through me. So you got to let His power, right? This is so important, church. you got to let His power 
bring to fruition, His power fulfill your desire for goodness. And here's the deal. When you let His power move in you, by His power, He will bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Amen. Come on. He will. He will. He will. Number three, by His power, He may bring to fruition your every deed prompted by faith. Again, could you say that any more confusing, Paul? Um, <laughs> confusingly. Um, there's just, wow. And then it's all like one sentence. Like, use some sentences and... Come on, Paul. But anyways, here it is. Hopefully I can explain it a little bit. By whose power again is he saying? God. Okay, God's power. Uh, The message says, again, uh, message paraphrase, uh, Eugene Peterson, he says, he will fill your acts of faith with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. Your acts of faith. Your acts of faith. And that kind of makes sense to us, right? An act of faith. And that your act of faith, it is being filled, what? By the power of God so that it all amounts to something. I want to use the verbiage that Paul uses just because it is kind of confusing. Let's try to de-confuse it. Um, So, a deed prompted by your faith. Have you ever, and you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but just think about it. Have you ever done a deed that was prompted by your faith? Just think about that. Yeah, if you're a Christian, you're like, yeah. There's some deeds, right? Some good things that I did. Where did it come from? It wasn't just because you were bored. Like, well, I'm just really bored. I guess I'll just go do something good. No. Where did it come It was your faith, right? And your faith, you acted it out. Does that make sense? So it's a deed that was prompted, initiated, right? Just, just moved forward by faith. We call them, again, 2018, I think we kind of understand acts of faith, right? Acts of faith. But even here, what is it saying? Verse 3 says, by his power, right? So these acts of faith, uh, what are they uh, being accomplished by? Is it just me muscling up a bunch of willpower, me just muscling up a bunch of energy? No, it's by the power of God. But I hope you notice that he says acts of faith or deeds prompted by faith. Acts of faith, deeds prompted by faith. In America, that's not always how we talk about faith. We've really diluted faith. When we talk about faith, in America, it's more like, well, you just got to have faith, right? You just got to believe, but there's no action. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? Like, I could tell anyone of any religion, any person in America, just say, well, you just got to have faith, and they'd all go, yep. You just got to believe, mm-hmm. But just... Having faith or just believing, that is not the same as an act of faith. You following with me? It's very important that we get this. Because an act of faith, a work of faith, is where you believe something. But then out of that belief of something, you step forward in faith. Like I could say, well, you know, well, I'm believing for God for my marriage. Sounds good. I have faith for my marriage. You know, awesome. That's great. I mean, I, and I get that too. Like, I'm, I'm believing for my marriage. I have faith for my marriage. But a work of faith or a deed prompted by faith, it isn't just believing in your marriage, but it's taking a practical step forward in faith for my marriage. So by the power of God within me, I'm taking the step of faith to go to counseling. Right? Does that make sense? I'm taking the step of faith. I am taking the step of faith. Just think about it in the context of your marriage. I am putting and taking the step of faith to put a pornography filter on my computer. And then if you're like, well, then I also got a cell phone. I am actively taking the step of faith to put a porn filter on my cell phone. Well, then I could also look at stuff on Netflix. I am taking an active, like, right? Get, get in this. Get in this. I am taking the active step of faith. I am taking the active step of faith to get help for my drinking problem. 
Right? I am taking the step of faith for the addiction. Whatever the thing is, you would have an active faith. And then this is the deal, that you just don't try to be a good person, but it would all be prompted by the power of God within you. Because here's the deal, that's what he does. does have you, we're not always listening, but he's always speaking. He's like, hey, I opened this door for you. Hey, I, I got this group that meets on Monday nights to encourage you. Hey, I got this group over on Wednesdays that's going to pray for you. Hey, I, I got these openings for you so that you can do this by my power, says the Lord. But then we step out in acts of faith led by the Holy Spirit. Another example, I think, is if I'm just believing in God for my provision. Right? I think it's something that we all kind of walk through at some point in our life. I'm just trusting that God will provide for me. Just trusting. I just got to have faith that God will, you know, take care of me. He'll provide. He'll he'll be my, you know, Jehovah Jireh, my, my great provider. And that's awesome. Right? Praise the Lord. But that is not the same as walking forward by the power of God in an act of faith. We say, God, show me. Show me. Ask me. God, would you lead me? Lead me. God, who should I be talking to? God, lead me. What door should I be knocking on? God, lead me. Where should I be putting my resume? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Where should I be going for the interview? Where should I be going? What employer should I be emailing? What friends should I be texting? God, I want your divine power to stir up within me an act of faith. Here's the example. Pastor Randy. I love Randy because Pastor Randy, would anyone say that he is not a man of faith? Like he's probably the most faith-filled man I know. And he would say, you know, I, I, I have faith. I believe. Well, his family, they retired. What is it, a year ago now? So he retires. They do the books. Oh, we got a gap. <laughs> but he has faith, right? He believes in the Lord. You got, there was never a time when you were like, whoa. You're like, no, we believe in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. We, be, you know, we, got, we have faith in the Lord. He will provide. But guess what? He provided... By Pastor Randy now being a school bus driver for the Puyallup School District. That Pastor Randy, in an act of faith, had to move forward and go in for that interview. He had to have an act of faith and move forward and get the CDL license. He had to, in faith, move forward and find a route that I think was a substitute route. And then, in faith, get a new route today. And in faith, he still wakes up in the morning and he prays over every seat and prays for the kids ahead of time. Each thing being done by an active step of faith. It's an active faith where you get like, oh, I'm just trusting. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, just waiting. On it. No, it was an active faith moving forward. Yes, you got me, God. Yes, you'll never leave me nor forsake you. And your divine power is stirring me up. I can almost guarantee you that Pastor Randy was not just sitting around you going, you know what I've always wanted to do? When I was in second grade, I wrote down that I want to be a bus driver when I grow up. No. He wasn't just like, no. But the Lord, by his divine power, stirred him up. Come on, this is what I love about life. And I said, and I will believe that God will provide for me. And in that, you took the active steps of faith. And God, is he providing for you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All by the power of God. Does that make sense to you guys? I I hope it does. I, I really want us to get this because this is so huge for how we actually go about our life and, and how we go. And I got about 19 minutes left and, and I know it, it gets, you get starting to think about food and stuff, but just stay with me on this. This is really, really important stuff. I was, I was thinking about this good example of Mission Woods. You guys remember we were in Mission Woods. We had that office over there, multi-purpose room for meetings. I had been praying before we got in there. So before we ever started renting, I had been driving in there into the parking lot and praying. I just kind of felt like this was a place where we were supposed to be. So I did that thing, you know, where you go in the parking lot and pray. And then Jeremy moves up here from Houston, Texas. And I'm like, Jeremy, his first day at work, I go, Jeremy, we got to, I want to show you this place. And so I drive him over there. He goes, oh, he goes, I was here last night praying in the parking lot. Same thing. And so then we're like, okay. So the power of God's been moving in me, moving in you, stirring us up, kind of getting excited about it, right? Stirring us up to get in our cars by ourselves be the guy that does that kind of thing that I'm always wondering, like, maybe that's what the people out there are doing during the week. They're praying that they would have this. But I don't know. But it's just we're doing the thing. But now we're together. And then so together on the first day of work, 
I'm like stirred up again. I go, well, let's call them. So I call them from the parking lot. I call and Pastor Wendy answers. Pastor Wendy answers because she was just praying at that moment what to do. Because they had just lost their renters that week. They had to kick out a group. It was going to be that week, a, a group that had rented from them who wasn't a really good group of renters. So they were going to have to get rid of them. They didn't know what they were going to do. But then we're talking on the phone. We're talking for a long time. And by the way, uh, she didn't know we were in the parking lot. I was too embarrassed to say that. <laughs> but we're talking. And I, I just want you to see that there was these acts of faith, including Pastor Wendy's. All of us having faith, but not just like a, well, you know, you just got to have faith. Right? You just... You just got to believe. But it was a faith that moved, right? It was a faith that was prompted. It was inspired. It was directed by the power of God. And as we obeyed the power of God, we ended up renting from them for two years. And aren't you thankful for what God did in that building over those two years? It was such an amazing time. One of my very best friends in my life is now the pastor there at the church, Pastor John Murphy. Every two weeks, we go uh, eat lunch over at Taco Time. We, uh, I got to speak at his confirmation where he got confirmed as the pastor there. One of my dearest friends. Even here, church, when we got to there, I wish I would have taken a picture. It was one of those times where I just failed in not taking a picture. When we first went into that room and showed it. It was just a glorified closet. I'm talking about the multi-purpose part of it. It had like five sofas in there, just stuff piled up, you know, layers high. It was just a mess. And with all the different work we've done, and, and there was a couple of families that really put a lot of time into that. Jeremy, you put a lot of time into that. But now there are two preschools who use that space for their offices. I don't know about you. That fills me up. Doesn't that fill you? It fills me up. Look at that church. I, I had to go in there the other day because uh, I still had the keys to my office uh, there. I never gave them back to them, which is totally awkward. But I got to go down there and I, I brought like 10 random keys from my house, hoping that one worked, you know, like totally stressing out. Like, oh, Jesus, I hope I didn't lose, you know, the key to my office. So I go down there it was just like a month ago. And it was beautiful church. Two preschools using that space. Fills me up. I was thinking about this. Uh, place. This is a miracle that we're here at North Hill. I have an office. That room back there is my office. I'm here throughout the week. We use this building throughout the week in the mornings and in the evenings. Various programs. Uh, now Sunday nights. We had 51 people here last Sunday night. Four different rooms for classes. It's beautiful to me. But why? Because the Lord, and, and if you were in those membership meetings a couple of years ago, Remember we talked, we just felt like the Lord was giving us this building, giving us this property. And so we moved on it. And we asked the Adventists in faith, where again, before we, we only had this building, we had it on Sunday mornings till 1 p.m. And then we didn't have it again till 5 p.m. We had the sanctuary for 5 p.m. with the youth. Just Sunday nights. And now we use the building almost all of the time. Almost all the time, except for Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons. They even let us use it this last Saturday night for a movie night. It's amazing, church. But a big part of why we're here is because I was moved by the power of God. But not only was I moved by the power of God, our council was moved by the power of God. But not only was our council moved by the power of God, and this is what fires me up, the Adventists were moved by the power of God. The Adventists were moved by the power of God. And in faith, they took such a ridiculous, faith-filled step. Their deeds of faith, our deeds of faith, just began to rise up within us all. And praise the Lord, by the way, for the Adventists. Uh, it's, when I get into other settings, like there's a lot of fear, and I, I get like a denominational side, and I'm like, Whoa. these people that we rent from adore Jesus Christ. They are the biggest fans and followers and disciples of Jesus Christ I know. They adore the Lord and they rose. You know how big of a deal that is for an Adventist group to rent to a Pentecostal four square church. If you're a staunch Adventist, like hardcore Adventist, you believe the Sunday worshipers are going to persecute the Saturday, the Sabbath worshipers. The Sunday worshipers are the ones with the mark of the beast. Did you know that? And yet these people in Christ rose up and said, no, those people on Sunday mornings, they're Christians. We believe in what God's doing in them and through them. And so, yes, we'll let you rent from us. And we were even on a handshake, uh, handshake lease for nine years with them. And just this year, our lease is now official 
because they went to their corporate offices and said, we believe in these people who meet on Sunday morning. We believe in them and what God's doing in them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. By the way, if you ever see them here, just thank them. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. But the question is, for me, I was thinking about this week, and I, I'd say this to you too. Where is the power of God calling you to step out in faith? Right? When was the last time in your prayers you just asked Jesus, Lord, where do you want me to step out? Right? Where are you wanting to resource me with supernatural power to step out in supernatural faith? By his power, church, he will, he will bring to fruition your every deed prompted by faith. Do you believe it? Amen. All right, so numbers two and three, and I just hope we get this with, this is all a part of us walking out our calling. And again, we're so afraid to talk about doing good things or deeds and stuff. But that is a part of walking out our calling where we say, yeah, God, I I need your help. I I need you to do a work in me. I need you to make me fit for what you, if you think I'm able to do this, God, and it feels very impossible to me, then I need you to do a work in me. Does that make sense? Even logically, does that make sense, church? We need your help, God. I need your spirit to move in a supernatural way through me, that you would fill me up. Right, That you would fill me up so that you would fulfill every resolve I have for good. That you would fulfill every work of faith. Not by my power. Not by me just trying really hard. But by your power. For number four, he says, and I pray all of that. Why? So that the name of Jesus may be glorified in you and you glorified in him. According to the grace of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Here's the answer to your questions, to what life is about, why you're here, what's the point, what's the purpose. Paul says he's praying that God would move in power to fulfill your calling. God would move in power to fulfill your resolve for good. To fulfill every work of faith. And Paul says that God would move in power for you to do those things. Why? So that Jesus, the name of Jesus will be glorified in you and you glorified in him according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the name of Jesus will be glorified in you. We're, we're so kind of just, we're caught up in this American thing that we forgot what life was all about. But we exist to bring God glory. We were meant to shine like stars. Cannon Beach Conference Center, a lady named Evangeline McNeil, she was the founder there. And anything that would ever happen that was good, they say that she would always say, to God be the glory. Don't you love being around Christians that when they, something good happens or, you know, they're just hanging out and they're just like, glory to God. Glory to God. Ray Wright, glory to God. You just, they would, just speak those things. Maxwell over in Ghana. Just glory to God. Right? That should be our passion. That everything we say, everything we do would bring glory to the name of Jesus. You're worthy of it all. Come on, right? Just glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. So yeah, we want to live lives of destiny and calling and purpose. We want to walk out the calling on our lives. We want to live these lives of goodness. We want to live these lives of faith by the power of God. But why do we want to live those lives? Because so that the name of Jesus would be high and lifted up. The name of Jesus would be glorified in us. Glorified. And then he says also that we would be glorified in Him. Praise the Lord. Talk about something we're not worthy of. I know it's kind of Christianese there, but that we would be glorified in Him. Glorified. Absolutely. Think about it. Clothed in Christ. Perfectly fitted with the righteousness of Christ. Holy, clean, perfect, declared just without a blemish in Jesus. Glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. And then Paul says, why? 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 
How? When? Where? Like, how could this ever be? What does he say? Why? 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 There's a word here. Why? Grace. 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 I want to close with this. The testimony of the grace of God. That we would shine bright the grace of God. That it's calling, our purpose, our destiny, all the things that we would ever do, all the things we'd ever say, any goodness, any work of uh, faith, any deed, any effort, it is all by the grace of God. All of it made possible by the grace of God. Amazing grace. By His grace, do you think, just by His grace, could any of us just begin to feel a sense of just this honor and privilege of living our lives for the Lord? Could that, I think that's one of the responses to His grace, isn't it? Just this appreciation, this humility that says, Oh God, because I know who I was outside of Your grace. But oh God, that by Your grace, I could walk out this calling, that I could do the things You've called me to do, even though I've fallen short a thousand times, Oh God, but by your grace, I could do the things you're asking me to do. That freedom of his grace. And because of his grace, church, I close with this. We don't have to wonder what it's all about. We don't have to wonder why we're here or what's the point. Instead, we get to live lives of intentionality and purpose. Isn't it beautiful when you're just laser focused on Jesus and your life from morning to night, it is with intentionality and purpose. I am living for the good things of God. I am living for the glory of Christ by his grace. I am living a life that will shine the light of Christ to everyone that sees me. Isn't that beautiful that we get to do that? We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. I love that reckless song, uh, reckless love song. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. And yet it is what it is. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, you are what you are. So now live lives of destiny and calling and purpose. Shine like stars in the sky. All to the glory of Jesus Christ. And then I just say this. And then why? Who? Where? When? Glory to Christ. This is my heart for us, church. Life spring. We're a small crew. But I believe as we live these lives of calling, as we bring Christ's glory, the world around us, our community, they're going to begin to see Christ in us. I believe that. As we operate not by our own power, and by the way, I'm just... I hang out with Christians a lot for a living, right? And a lot of people living the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're exhausted, they're grumpy. They exhaust me. I mean, stop trying to be a Christian without the divine power of the Holy Spirit resourcing you with what you need. Because as you walk by the power of the Holy Spirit, the world's going to take notice. Like, what is the deal with that lady? Or what's the deal with that guy? Because you're going to be shining not just your own efforts or your attempts at being a good person, but you're going to be shining the very name of Christ, the divine name of Jesus Christ, all by the power of God within you. So I want to pray that over you. So let's just pray right now. Lord, I just pray over these... Beautiful people who adore you, Lord, but I know that some of them just need a feeling of the power of your Holy Spirit right now. I just, I know that, God, that there are people who are striving in their own efforts by their own willpower, and they are exhausted. They need the fresh wind of your Spirit. They need your power, Lord. They need the rushing waters of your Spirit to flow in them again. That any good that you've place within their hearts, any works of faith, acts of faith, deeds, that they would just feel that you're calling them to do, that no one in this room would leave here today trying to do those things on their own, but that we would be resourced, supernaturally resourced by your presence. Lord, your word shows us again and again and again where people came to you and you filled them with your spirit. 
In Acts chapter 2, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19, just again and again and again, people were filled with your spirit. And when they were filled with your spirit, they had a boldness about them. They had a confidence in their speech, a confidence in their actions. They, they began to live out lives of purpose and destiny. They no longer wanted to condemn the world, but they wanted to see the world saved in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That people, instead of just making fun of others on the side of the road, they all of a sudden had the compassion, the very compassion of Christ. For those on the side of the road. Lord, that was us. That, that is us. But we need even now just the creative work of your spirit to regenerate us, to renew us, to make us come alive again in you, Jesus. Lord, I, I love being a Christian. And yet I hate watching so many people that I love try to just be a good person without your power. Lord, I'm exhausted from watching my friends fall away from you, Jesus. I'm just done. I'm so tired of that. When your spirit is so available. I love living by your spirit. I love living in your spirit. I love you, Jesus. I love your spirit. Lord, that life spring would fall in love with your spirit once again. And if that's you today, I just, I'm just going to pray. And I don't want to make a scene for you. I'm not going to make you raise your hands or stand up or anything. Just Maybe just open up your heart. Maybe put your hands out. I don't know. Just something, a posture of receiving. But Lord, I pray for anyone here right now who, who just knows that the well is dry. And that they've been striving in their own efforts. I pray right now that you would flood them once again with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we take the authority and power we have in the name of Jesus. And ask Holy Spirit come and fill each one to overflowing. I pray that you would give them spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, manifestations of your presence in them and through them. Things that they didn't have before, but they'd leave here, Lord, with new gifts of your spirit. Not just so that they can be happy, but that they could shine your light in this world. That as your gifts are manifested through them, that the world would see Jesus Christ in them. Lord, we just even more, Lord, just more, more, just more. Just fill us up, Lord, today by your spirit. That none of us would leave here powerless, just serving a powerless religion, empty religion. But every one of us would stand and, and truly walk out of here full of the power of God. Because we know there is a calling on our lives. We know there are good things that you've created us to do. We know there are deeds of faith that must be done. And they must be done by the prompting of your divine power. And we pray that every one of them would be done in the mighty name of Jesus. So that the name of Jesus would be glorified. Glorified in us and us in him. All by the glorious grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, church.